The Bible talks about how leading others away from God is serious business. Mm. Before I came to Christ, I spoke wrongly about God and Christ, and I have possibly led others astray. So what does this mean for me or others who may have done the same? Well, hey, everyone. Welcome to That's a Good Question. This is the show where we answer questions that come from our church and church family and community based around the message that was preached on Sunday. I am your guest host for this time. My name is Ryan. I'm the lead pastor at Peace. John, our typical host, is on a conference in a state that I won't mention. Yeah. It's a lot warmer than ours. But uh, <laughs> So, I'm again, I'm Ryan, and I'm with, uh, with me is... I'm Daryl, discipleship pastor here. And so, we preached the message this past Sunday on... Elijah's confrontation with the prophets of Baal at Mount, Mount Carmel. And uh, we got some great questions that yeah. we're going to get to. But before we do, one quick plug for something special that's happening this week. Grief Share. Just want to yes. take a moment and share about yeah. that. So Grief Share is a great program for those who have lost a loved one. And it's, it's hard. You know, death is an enemy and it's difficult. And so to get through it, there's a group coming together on Friday nights at 7 here at Peace Church. Um, it's going to be led by a guy named Steve DeCook. He's an awesome guy. He's been a pastor for a lot of years. And um, he, he did lose a spouse, so he's well acquainted with that, what's going on there. And I just encourage you to register for it and to, to um, even if you have questions, call the office and we'll, we'll help you out. Yeah, we know that grief is a hard thing for people. Yeah. And uh, we know there are a lot of grieving people. And so we have a community. If you were walking through that, yes. we want to walk alongside you. Yeah. So, all right. So some of the questions that we got, these, uh, some questions mm-hmm. I anticipated, some I didn't. Right. And so, Pastor Joe, let me, let me throw the first couple at you here. Okay. First one, did Elijah sin or break the Ten Commandments mm. by killing the false prophets? Do you think God told him to do that? Do you think he did this of his own discernment because he was following Old Testament direction? Just to clarify for those who weren't there, uh, Elijah has a showdown with the prophets of Baal. Mm-hmm. They lose, and then he kills them all. Yes. It's it's a... Yeah, it's a, it's a tough... That, yeah. That's tough. Yeah. I'm really glad that you addressed it, though, yesterday and didn't skirt around it because I'm all it's there. It's in the scriptures. We need to, we need to address it. Yeah. I would say, no, um, Elijah did not break the Ten Commandments by killing the false prophets, the prophets of Baal. Um, you know, God, and we see in, in Deuteronomy 13, God tells them to, to purge those who are, are leading their people astray. And we, we got to remember, these are people who are doing human sacrifices, and they're leading God's people astray at this point in time. And so I would say that he is, he's following an Old Testament directive. And we have to remember Israel is a nation that God took them to himself and has laws to, to help them stay pure and worshiping him and him alone. Yeah. So this next question is is kind of flows from that. Yeah. And I love the preface of this question. It says, I am still a new believer mm-hmm. in learning about the Old Testament. Love that yeah. people are on different paths of their faith journey at peace. This person's a new believer, learning about the Old Testament. And so here's here's a couple of questions right. they have. First one, if those who worshiped Baal before confess that the Lord is God, why does then Elijah decide to slaughter them? Mm. Shouldn't this be a good moment leading them to be taught the ways of the Lord and therefore also teaching them that they can go out into the world to be a vessel to save others who are also led astray? So I think there's some false assumptions here about yeah, what happened in the yeah. text. So. And just say, hey, I'm a pastor and I'm still learning about the, the Old Testament. Yeah, right. <laughs> there's a, yeah. there's yeah. a lot in there. Yeah. Yeah. So 
But yeah, it, you know, when you look at the text, it, it does say that, um, that and the people saw it. So the people, remember Elijah, he sets this battle up and says, hey, if if Baal consumes it, then, you know, he is Lord. If if Yahweh does, he is Lord. You know, yeah. how long are you going to waver between two opinions? Yeah. And he sets up the stage. And when the fire does consume it, when Elijah prays, it says here that, um, and when the people saw it, they fell on their faces and said, "The Lord, He is God. The Lord, He is God." I mean, this I think more condemnation on the prophets of yeah. Baal because they did not say that. Yeah, yeah. So to clarify, the, I think this person um, misunderstood what was happening in the mm-hmm. text. Elijah didn't slaughter the people; they confessed the Lord as yes. God. It was the prophets who didn't Correct. to God's yes. slaughter. So, so the the next question then is: um, Did those Israelites in the passage who confessed the Lord as God? Did they become forgiven by God if they asked for it? Yeah, I would say definitely. Yeah. Uh, this is a great time. Not only did was there a miracle there, but these people are confessing. Yeah, there's like a revival happening. Yeah, 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 it's good stuff. Yep. So here's another question. It says, our community group would like to know, and let me just stop right there. I love the fact that community yes. groups were discussing this and they came up with a yes. question Community together. groups are good. Yes. <laughs> well done, whoever submitted this yes. question. So our community group would like to know why Elijah asked for the 450 prophets of Baal and the mm. 400 prophets of Asher to be called to Mount, Mount Carmel, but he only killed the prophets of Baal. Why not the prophets of Asherah? Now, I preached this text, and so I'm, I'm fairly familiar you with it. You have that, right? <laughs> so, so he does call out the prophets of Baal and the prophets of Asher, mm-hmm. two foreign and false gods. Now, it, it, there's, a, there's a special line in there when it says that, when it talks about the prophets of Asherah, it says those who eat at Jezebel's table. Right. I think it's easy to surmise here that Jezebel had a lot of control over these 400 prophets. And after that call out, we don't see them go to Mount Carmel. They're not mm. mentioned again. So right. I think in all likelihood, Jezebel didn't let them go. Right. And so they're not part of the sacrifice showdown that happened on Mount Carmel. And so when it talks about the prophets who, was, who were killed... The scriptures only speak about the prophets of Baal. Right. So I would say the prophets of Asherah were not there. Yeah. Uh, that's why we don't see them yeah. talked about. Great point. Text is silent. Yeah, text is silent, and it is confusing. And so it's it takes a careful yep. reading just to see what's going on there. Mm-hmm. So, all right, here's another question. Based off today's message, I want to read the question as it's, it's written. Okay. Based off today's message, if the decimation mm. of those who believed differently was justified, why isn't it justified today? Or... Is genocide of other religion, uh, other religious groups supported in today's world? Are humans today allowed to slaughter evil humans who lead people away from God? Well, it's a great question. You know, yep. good. You're thinking through things. You're um, seeing what's happened in the right. Old Testament, and God. You know, God doesn't change, but but things do change in in our world and how God, um, salvation history, and how God has worked throughout throughout history yeah. has changed. And at this point in time, um, in 1 Kings, we're talking about the nation of Israel. And there are judicial laws, um, there's ceremonial laws, and there are moral laws that are Mm -hmm. given. And so in the judicial sense, in the civil law, there was, I mean, this is what God told them to do in Israel in this point in time. And, you know, you just think of how... You know, us older folks would say, man, things were a lot different when we were young. <laughs> yeah. well, I think, you know, 4,000 years ago, 6,000 <laughs> years ago, you know, <laughs> how much different this yeah. world would be and, and a, on a different continent and at a different time and a different nation. So that's one thing we have to remember that, you know, that we see, you know, Israel and then we see Jesus come 
and he he changes the ball game in a lot of ways. Yeah. Now, yeah. God's we're not part of Israel, you know, the nation of Israel, and God has has told us to love our neighbor as we love ourselves, to love the Lord our God with all our heart, mind, soul, and strength, and to yeah. make disciples. Yeah, it's it's a much different. We're we're part of the kingdom of God. Um, we're not part of the nation of Israel. Yeah, yeah, and that's also add by the life, death, and resurrection of Jesus. We're mm-hmm. released from the Old Testament law. Right, yes. Um, we're no longer bound by that. We're bound mm-hmm. by grace. And and, uh, and so when we look at this and we look at the Old Testament, that's why we're very careful to make sure we set the context. Right. This was given to a people, to a nation, at a time in history. Uh, at this point, it's the divided kingdom. So we're talking about the northern kingdom. Mm-hmm. This, this is playing out. And so, you know, is it allowed today? No, it's no. not allowed today. That's not a command that we are to enact that or to follow. We are to go into the nations, but not to slaughter them, but right. to, to share the love and message of Christ. Yeah. And so following this, this, this theme, and when I talked about questions I anticipated, one of them was we see these things happen, this death and slaughter mm-hmm. in the Old Testament. Uh, why aren't we still doing those things? Mm. If, this, if the Bible is one book... And the right. Old Testament is God's word, and the New Testament is God's word, and God calls people to do certain things in the Old Testament. Why aren't we still doing those things? That, that's mm-hmm. a common right. argument I hear from within the church who are just working out their their faith, but also from the world at large that is attacking the faith. Mm-hmm. And that's where it's like you 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 have to read the Bible right as a, an entire unit. That there's a there's a constant progression of revelation that God is bringing. We talk about what was shadowed in the Old Testament is brought to light in the New Testament. Right. There's a fuller sense of what's happening here. And, and everything in the Old Testament, in a sense, is points to and is fulfilled in Christ. Right. And so going with that, here's, here's a question that kind of follows this whole vein. If America ever becomes as bad slash extreme as the time of Baal worship, do you think it's possible that we mm. as the church would be called to kill people if it threatened the survival of the church? Or do you think that's a thing of the past? I know God sh- God says thou shalt not murder, but is there an instance where we would have to do that or else succumb to corruption? If so, how do we reconcile with this idea in our hearts? Mm. It's a great question, you know, thinking through these things. I'd say it kind of relates back to the other point in time where we're 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 different, we're not the nation of Israel. Okay. And we're we're living in we're living in the United States of America. Okay. And God relegates things such as the like with uh, the slaughter of of these of these prophets of Baal, more to a, a judicial governmental structure. Yeah, yeah. So if at one point in time, our government outlawed certain things of certain religions, and there was a death penalty, then that may happen. But we don't live in that. We live in we live in where there's religious freedom at this point in time. Good, bad, or indifferent. I'd rather yeah. live with religious freedom than a dictator saying, "No, you must worship this way." We've that's been tried, yeah. and it yeah. doesn't usually work out yeah. too good. Yeah. That's one of the reasons why God at, at the beginning was like, I'm your king. Why do you want a king? Because he knew that what, if they did get a king like all the other nations, here's what was going to happen. Mm-hmm. Case in point, we have the king who's worshiping with the prophets of Baal. Yeah. Yep. So I'd say uh, I, I understand why people, or how people can come to a point of asking this question. But yes. We are to follow Christ, yes. who gave up his life for his enemies. Yep. And so it, when we when we entertain questions like this, number one, um, God will never let his church fail. Right. That's not, it's not taken on us to, to go and take up arms to ensure the church remains. When we are faithful, God will make sure, make sure there's a remnant. 
Yeah, and they, even when we are persecuted, the church grows. Exactly. Yeah. So it's it's right. not you not know, through that, retaliation. Right. Right. Yeah. It, it, that brings on revival. Right. Um, so okay, here's the next question. It says so during the time that the 450 prophets were calling on Baal to light the fire, they resorted the prophets they resorted to cutting themselves mm. and they bled. Do you think there's a correlation to today's push by evil humans to offer blood sacrifices to the devil? And this person cited, for instance, through abortions. Mm. Um, I'll, I'll go first, take yeah. a stab. I think there's definitely a correlation because I think demonic activity that happened in the Old Testament is empowered by the same devil doing mm-hmm. things today. And I think we are seeing a resurgence of things like that. Right. Uh, we talked about before how the satanic temple is trying to get abortion protected as under religious freedom. Right. And so this this notion of, of blood sacrifice, you know, is there a correlation to what happened in the Old Testament times versus now? I would say, yeah, and I think we're only, only going to see more right. of it. There's other questions that... I know we'll, we'll, we'll come that lead into things like that, but let me just take a moment. Is there anything you want to add, yeah. add to that? Well, in, in satanic rituals, drinking of blood and bloodletting is always, it's a sign of your allegiance yeah. to the deity who you're worshiping. Yeah. And so when they were, when they were doing that, they're just saying, look how devoted we are to you. Yeah. That, yeah. and it's still, it's there today. Yep. Um, yeah, yep. it's, it's still around. So, so here's a, here's a follow-up question to that. Did the prophets of Baal ever see miraculous acts that would lead him to think that this would work? Mm. Is that something Satan would have done to keep people away from worshiping the Lord? I would say the answer says probably. I can't point you to necessarily a verse reference. Tef- right. We talked about, you know, in Egypt when Moses fought Pharaoh's people, you know, there's a miraculous ha- thing yeah. happening. So I think we have every reason to think that the the prophets saw some sort of like spiritual elements mm-hmm. manifested in their worship. I think the devil does that, and I would think, and you know, I I would say that that even happens today. If, when you talk to people who are involved in like the occult or even satanic worship, I think they are experiencing supernatural activity. Right. I told a story recently to our church where I ran into some people at McDonald's who practiced like witchcraft mm-hmm. and palm reading and, and those certain tarot card reading and stuff. And I had a conversation with them and I just was like, hey, do you ever experience anything like supernatural? And I think the term they might use is paranormal right. or something to that effect. Um, and they were like, yeah. yeah. I mean, like the plain as day. Right. They, didn't care if, they didn't care if I thought they were crazy or not. They're like, yeah. And then they started explaining some of the things that they saw happening. And so I think there's definitely cause to believe that that people back then saw some sort of supernatural yeah. activity being manifested in their demonic worship that would lead them to conf- that they they felt like was confirmation to what they were doing. Yeah, totally agree. I don't see any reason why that wouldn't be. It does yeah. as you said, you're right. We don't see that, but I mean they're they're very they're very committed to where where they're at. So they yeah. they probably have seen things. I mean they were willing to sacrifice themselves. Yes. I mean they were willing to cut themselves. Right. They were so Convinced of this, but yet they wouldn't hold, they wouldn't give up the belief when Baal didn't show up, yep. even when God did. Yep. So, so I think we're going to move to some, some more personal mm-hmm. questions here. So let me, let me ask you this one, Pastor Daryl. Elijah had to have great faith when he challenged the prophets of Baal that God would do what he prayed for. Mm. My question is when I pray for a miracle of healing and it doesn't happen, does that mean I have no faith? Mm. And how do I get that kind of faith, speaking of Elijah's faith? Right. And Elijah did have great faith. That's a great question. You're exactly right. But it's not that Elijah's faith was controlling God. It wasn't like God was saying, okay, Elijah, I'm, I'm not going to do this unless yeah. your faith is strong enough. Yeah. And we have to remember that, that when it's, it's in healings, that it's God's 
you know, God's will and God's time, because God still can heal people, but it's not dependent on our faith. It's dependent on God's power. And it's not something deficient in us if God doesn't decide to heal us. Yeah. Yeah. God can work in great miraculous ways through sickness and and those things um, and can grow us and and mold us and shape us. So we submit to God's will and what he's doing. Yeah. And it's it's not a matter of us controlling God by the power of yeah. faith that we have. Right. It's us being submissive to God. Yeah, I'd say when we pray, part of that faith is knowing that because of Jesus, God mm-hmm. hears our prayers. Yeah. And faith is believing that God will do what is best right. ultimately according to his plan. And we want to be clear that we don't, ever want the name of Jesus to become like a magic word. Right. Like abracadabra, mm-hmm. the boom, we get what we want. Right. The name of Jesus isn't a magic word to, to get what we want in this world. There is power in the name of Jesus. Mm-hmm. Hell submits and the demons run from the name of Jesus. Right. We, we do pray in the name of Jesus, but it's not a magic word yeah. to get what we want. And so. we would we'd pray with you and over you. We know you're loyal. We pray for that. We long for that. We believe in that. (laughs) We move forward praying that's going to happen. But we do, like like Jesus in the garden, we submit to God's will, not our own. Exactly. Here's another question. If we have evil people in our lives, how should we deal with them? So let me take a stab at answering this one. I think this stems from the notion of Elijah cleaning house with those prophets Mm -hmm. and, and this notion of purging evil. And so when, this is a very loaded question. And honestly, like, I'm a little scared by this question for, for, for where this comes from. Are we talking just about annoying people who gossip about us? Or is this, is this question stemming from someone who has someone in their life who's hurting them and yeah, abusing them? Yeah. Like an, I mean, so when we talk about the word evil here, that's, that's a very weighty, weighty term, right? It's, there's a lot of evil. Yeah. It could be here or here. We don't know where it's at. So here's what I'd say. If, if, you're, if you're being hurt by someone... You need to go to the authorities mm-hmm. and get the help right away. I don't yes. know any of the context. These questions that come in are anonymous. We don't know where they're coming mm-hmm. from. Um, if you're being hurt by someone, they, you yeah. need to get, get help. Get that person out of your life. Yeah. Now, if we're talking about and just a, a wicked person who's doing like mean things in your life, then mm-hmm. I would say you definitely probably need to get some healthy distance. Right. And I know that not always the case because maybe you're living with that person or you work side by side with that person. And... I would say in all things, this isn't just the cheesy Christian answer, uh, but we believe in the power of it. Pray. Right. we got to be praying. Pray for that person. Pray that their hearts would turn toward the Lord. Right. Pray that you'd be a great example and a light for them, that you yep. wouldn't go down to their level, but you'd keep a, a, a higher holy level yeah. that they would rise to. So that's a, the thing, a couple things I say is if, if, if this evil person is hurting you or hurting others, you need to report that and go to the authorities. Right. We would never want you to stay in a context like that. Uh, but if it's just an, an unhealthy person doing mm-hmm. hurtful, like, like, um, again, like gossiping and, and being yeah. mean, those sort of things. That's a different scenario. What are you, you going to say? I was going to say, it could be maybe someone's into um, the occult or satanic worship or palm mm, reading. Mm-hmm. That's in their lives as well. Yeah. I'd say be careful of that person because my mom used to always say when I was hanging around the bad crowd in First Corinthians 15, mm. it says, bad company corrupts <laughs> yeah, right, good yeah. morals. Yeah. And so that yeah. is one of the reasons why God was saying, hey, get rid of these people out of the land because they yeah. can draw you down. Yeah. So pray, be very careful, um, and surround yourself with good people, too, that you can talk to about Absolutely. this about this issue and, and get good counsel on that as totally. well. Totally. We, we're not saying you don't wade in, into the messiness of people's lives. Right. But we are, what we are saying is if there's if there's dangerous activity, mm-hmm. then you need to guard yourself from yes. that. So, so here's the last question uh, that we got that we will uh, ask here now. The Bible talks about how leading—this is a great question, by the yes, way. Yes, it is. 
The Bible talks about how leading others away from God is serious business. Mm. Before I came to Christ, I spoke wrongly about God and Christ, and I have possibly led others astray. So what does this mean for me or others who may have done the same? So again, just go, stemming from the sermon, we talked about how the prophets of Baal, they were slaughtered right. because it is a very grievous act in God's eyes to lead God's people away right. from him. Exactly. And this person saying, I think I've done that in my life mm. before I came to Christ. What does that mean for me? What would you say? One of the great things about the grace of God, though, is when Jesus paid for your sins on the cross and you're a Christian now, he, he paid for that sin. Yeah. You are forgiven of that sin. So take comfort and praise God for his grace and his mercy yeah. that he can even forgive us of something that serious, yeah. of speaking bad about him, telling lies. I mean, there's enough, something that's going to make me the most angry is if people are telling lies about me. Yeah. And you think, well, holy God, yeah. Yeah. you know, of yeah. us doing that about him. Yeah. So, But his grace and his mercy through Christ, there's forgiveness. Um, I also think that, you know, if... if your conscience is being pricked, maybe you need to go back to some of those people. Yeah, revisit and, those conversations. Yeah, yeah. And say, you know, I said these things and that's not that's not true about God. Let me tell you what I've learned. Absolutely. Yeah, I just want to echo that. This person shouldn't shouldn't bear a burden um, thinking that now their salvation is questioned mm. or that they're as bad right. as the prophets. When you repent and place your faith in Jesus, yeah. your past, present, and future sins are absolved in the Amen. name of Jesus. Yes. Um, but if you recognize in this, I want to echo what we're talking about. If you if you if you recognize you've done this, and there's specific people or conversations that you have in your mind, revisit those. Yeah. That that's the spirit bringing those conversations to mind to go back and say, "Hey, I was wrong about what I said before. Let mm, me tell you. Right. Let me tell you about what I believe in." That could be very powerful. Oh, I think it'd be so powerful, yeah. man. I'm just saying the person who asks this question, I hope that they do that. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm praying even right now that if they don't necessarily have specific conversations that they've had in the past in their mind, I'm praying that the spirit brings those yeah. conversations and those people yes. so they can revisit those, uh, revisit those questions. And then that person can invite them to Peace Church. Yeah, that's right. So Bring them on in. Yep. <laughs> So, hey, that's all the time we have for now. I want to say thank you for the questions that came in. Not every question we get in always relates to the sermon, and we kind of have to reserve the time here now for those. Mm -hmm. But I will say we're working on a special edition for That's a Good Question where we kind of catch all the other questions. So keep asking questions. Thanks. God bless. We'll see you next time. You can find That's a Good Question at resoundmedia.cc or wherever you listen to podcasts.